to Divided We Stand. I'm Joe McGuire along with Mike Gadiosi, Tyler Bard, Duncan McPherson, and Rob Dunlap. And, and Tyler and Rob both attended rallies, and we're going to play some video of that coming up in just a bit. Uh, two very cool experiences that I really wanted you guys to come on and share here today. Uh, and so I really look forward to that. Now, uh, let's kind of catch up to what is happening here nationwide. More than 13,000 people have been arrested in 39 cities since May the 27th. In some of those cities that released the addresses of the people arrested, the vast majority live in the town or close to the town uh, where they were arrested. So this idea that there's a bunch of outer towners uh, doesn't seem to be bearing out at all. Uh, as to more serious federal charges brought against individuals for things like throwing Molotov cocktails, uh, there's no evidence that we're seeing Antifa involved in this at all, that this is just people doing it on their own. Now, I understand, and I'm sure Duncan will want to speak on this, Antifa is not an organization. It's sort of a, a, a loose-knit community of people with, with similar ideas. Uh, there was a complaint filed in Las Vegas District Court against three men with ties to the right-wing Bugaloo movement, uh, whose members are anticipating a civil war and civilizational collapse. Uh, they were plotting to provoke violence at a recent protest. The spokesperson for the Seattle Police says we have no evidence that Antifa are in any way involved in the ongoing protests. Uh, on Antifa's most active social media sites, they mention the rallies. There's no calls to violence or destruction at all. Now, again, maybe this is just a good job by Antifa, but so far what we're seeing, what we thought we were going to see, isn't really bearing out. It's a lot of misinformation. A lot of it is coming from the president of the United States. This is another one of those situations where I know, Duncan, you say he typically... Uh, bears out when it comes to these conspiracy theories and things. But so far, Antifa, the terrorist organization, not really involved. I haven't seen any evidence that Antifa hasn't been involved. I mean, we have the John Brown Gun Club running security and Chaz. There's been, you know, I, mean, I, had, I also disagree that Antifa is not an organization. They are loosely organized, but they do have a, a very secretive, structure with a series of security protocols that they keep that they follow to uh, keep their uh, their organization hidden recently in the uh, the uh, project veritas expose the first one that they did they um, they went through a series of uh, security protocols with this guy who was infiltrating where he had to um, jump through all these hoops just to get in the meetings with antifa and uh, get involved so if there's no violence there's probably no antifa at these at some of these locations, you know, but overall in the first week, there was a lot of Antifa. I, I you know, judging you can look at the um, the attire, the the techniques from uh, the previous uh, rallies throughout the years and stuff or, or riots, I should say. And it just, you know, fits right in. So, um, you know, it's it's debatable. Rob, you look like you got something to say here. You want to jump in? <laughs> no, I, first and foremost, I, you know, hey, it's uh, I, I can appreciate I can appreciate, you know, Duncan's uh, idea. But what I would like to say is just be what first I would like to question. What is the attire when you when you see Antifa, Duncan, what is the entire typically um, Antifa when they show up they're they're wearing black masks, black from head to toe 
riot gear in some cases, but it, it's just been a, a trend that we've seen in Portland, um, you know, Berkeley, all these different locations where Antifa has has shown up. They're always wearing the same kind of uh, of all black masked uh, outfits. So, it, I mean, it, it fits the trend is what I'm saying. I okay. like um, that. That's all. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. So a little critical thinking. Right. Have you, you saw my video, right? No, I, I don't think I have. OK. Have you seen the picture? Uh, it was shared, I, but it, no. OK, so, well, you know, and not to bring up my situation. And it's just the the image of me. I was all black. And when I say all black, I'm talking color of my clothing, all black. Right. I had leather gloves on. I had I initiated with a denim vest as you see right there and then quickly it was taken off and just just in context am i antifa i had a black mask on as well oh no no i'm not saying that everybody no. wearing that but when you see giant crowds of people all wearing this sort of uniform that we've seen over mm -hmm. the past years it tends to be antifa and um, on on many occasions the the tactics that we're seeing with uh, the, the fires and the looting and the riots and stuff these are all things that are instigated at previous antifa outings like when they went through D.C. and um, smashed up everything and looted and everything. <clears throat> yeah, um, yeah. Like I would bet. I mean, I would. I would. What? What? You know, what? I, I don't know. That's the thing is like they're they they keep their organization so secretive. It's it's like impossible. Just sounds to... very similar to the KKK, doesn't it? Well, they're both bad. I but, would give you that. <laughs> well, well, you know what I'm saying? But that's what I'm saying. But now we're stereotyping, right? So it could. I'm in all black. I'm. You know what I'm saying? I had on gloves. And if you look at a lot of the forums, especially the Wallingford forum, I should have took a screenshot and sent it to Joe. But everybody was like, oh, he must have been Antifa. He was walking around. Da, da, da. So we're prejudging people based off of look. Instead of think critically thinking about what's going on in the scenario in the world today. Guess what? This is a Black Lives Matter event. Before Antifa, before anything, it has been historically proven that black, all black, everything, all black, everything as a symbolic reasoning. And if you look in history, if you look at anything that shows that that goes back to the Black Panther movement, whether you agree with their beliefs or not. But I'm just saying historically proven. So as a mat as a Black Lives Matter thing, wouldn't you think just in general that Antifa took that and went with it? And then if you think all together... Antifa's going to want to do all black because they can't do all white, obviously. So kind of as an opposing thing, black on black on black, everything. So now you're just showing your prejudice and just assuming that just because somebody's an all black and I didn't say racism. So let's not confuse the two before you want to get hype. I said prejudice. <laughs> I said prejudice because you're just assuming. And like you said earlier, making assuming making an ass out of ass you. You and me. No, no, no. You, not me. <laughs> but I'm I'm you. not assuming. There's been there's been plenty of evidence that Antifa was involved during the first week. I mean, there's you signs, can, I, there's people doing interviews, there's all kinds of posts by Antifa organizations. But, that's but you can cherry pick that. You know, that's that's a, a moment of the of the event. There's people like myself who showed up in all black, wearing a black hat, black shirt, black pants to my rally. Right. And I'm not and saying I, they all are, but I'm saying really, that we know Antifa's been involved with these from numerous occasions. And realistically, Tyler fits the Antifa description more than I do. Yeah. It's yeah. a lot of white liberals for sure. So, you know, what I'm right. saying? So we and, and that's where I just want you to challenge yourself. And at least if you can sit there and say, you know what, that 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 is kind of stereotyping. And 
I have to get out that mindset because getting out of that mindset is just the beginning of just starting to see change and not saying I want you to full do a turnaround and be liberal power, Black Lives Matter, but just understanding that, you know what, that is something in my mental that I have to change about myself. That's all I want to point out. I, I understand that. And if that were the case, I would agree. But I've I've seen evidence that Antifa has been involved with these things that I just don't have at the tip of my fingers right now. So I know for a fact that Antifa has been involved a lot with this. So look, um, so I'll it's say not this real quick. An assumption. Hold on. I'll say this. Look, I, I saw Antifa at the beginning as I was yep. reading about this over the last two days. Increasingly, these police officers are saying a lot of the people who are being arrested that claim they're in Antifa. Again, it's hard to tell who's in Antifa because it's not like they're carrying a membership card. Exactly. They're instructed to keep it quiet. They're instructed to pose as different different groups and infiltrate. Um, it's the, the whole their whole mo is to to keep their existence on the down low in terms of a structure. A bunch of groups that have a, a reputation like Antifa or the KKK do that, though. It's not like we can point these people out because they know what they're doing. Well, maybe they don't believe what they're doing is bad, but they know that the perception of what they're doing is looked upon poorly by the general public. So they're not going to want to stand out and be picked out. They yeah. want to keep a low profile until they start, you know, the, you know fighting and, and getting it you know, where to a place where it shouldn't be. And let me make one thing. Let me make one thing clear. I'm not a fan of Antifa. And the reason why. Yeah, me neither. Is do not. If you're going to do something, everybody wants to be a gangster till it's time to do some gangster stuff. Right. (laughs) So if you're going to do all that, if you're going to loot and you're going to do all that, first of all, don't hide yourself. Let yourself be known. Hold yourself accountable. And second, you know what I'm saying? That's the biggest thing. Don't hide and don't do it because you're hiding under a facade. And the, the ones that are actually standing up for change, like myself and a bunch of other protesters out there that want to do good. Yes. Was I out there to, to have a speech? My moment was never meant to happen. I was there for protection to make sure that mine, my family, my immediate were protected because of the history of Wallingford. Yes, I have every right to protect myself and my family. But as long as everything is peaceful, I actually took that. That moment happened just out of out of pure mishap. But going back to the mm-hmm. point, you know what I'm saying? So it, it's just, I, you know, what I mean? you just got the kind of, I don't even know. I feel like I just got Rob, misguided. Can you just sort of take mm-hmm. us through here? You're talking to uh, Officer Ciferelli, a good buddy of mine with the Wallingford team. <laughs> outstanding police work. These guys came out, and I know you weren't, look, he wasn't there to, like, make a scene. He was there with, with a family member, and again, just sort of serving as protection um, to protect that family member from having to confront the police. And, Rob, just sort of take us through it. I mean, again, you, this this was not intended. This is you on a, an amazing rampage. Um, really, just dude, speaking from the heart, and I know a lot of people in Wallingford supported it, and a lot of people in, in Wallingford thought you were an aggressive black man. Yes, very true. So um, what happened, you know, like I said, I was there to protect to protect my own, my brother. Um, and not when I say protect, I'm not looking for anything. But if the ignorant stuff happens and my brother is currently involved, I will. So the protest had pretty much moved to the police department. We had, you know, kind of walked over there. Um, there was a situation with two little girls. That was a beautiful moment, which I, I can't remember if it was with Officer Ciferelli, Lieutenant Ciferelli. But um, I was going to tell my brother that I had noticed that they had the, the only black officer in the window um, at the door ready. I said, and I told him, I said, look, you notice that they have the black man in, uh, in the window. And as soon as I said that, everybody had stopped chanting Black Lives Matter. You know, they were doing the Black Lives Matter chant. And literally, you know, just because I was speaking out louder so my brother could hear me, 
that my voice was the only thing that carried over. So a late uh, wow. a mother, a mother was like, yeah, what he said. So at that moment, me, me being a black male in America, also being there because I have had eight encounters with Wallingford PD that were just unrighteous. Right. Um, I could not, I, I always relate it now to, I could not be in game seven of the NBA finals with five seconds left. And I'm Steph Curry and I have the ball. I have to take that shot. And when I say I have to take that shot, I it was my opportunity and my time to one as a black man, one of the few black men there to make a voice and be a voice and not just have a bunch of white, you know, what I'm saying a bunch of white people just, you know, speaking for for me and saying that my life matters. I have to have a voice. But then at the same time to sit there and say, hey, I get it. You you millennials, whether I'm considered a millennial, any whatever the case may be, I'm 32 years old. My views are a lot different. I'm considered the old head anyways, but, um, the, you know what I mean? I want you guys to understand we have to be on a right direction and somebody has to be able to guide them. Yes. I believe your protest is strong. I want you guys to keep going, but let's keep this guided. And then as I, you know, so that's where I started talking. I hate being the center of attention, but I also understand when it's my chance and my time to, you know, step out and do whatever. I didn't Sometimes want this. You have to. Yeah, you you just have to. And at yeah. that point, I just had to. Um, I didn't want it to make it about a, a police hatred thing because my views with the police are very, very tainted because of situations in life. But me, I'm growing as a 32-year-old man to understand, you know, that those values. And I've had family members that have served um, in the public service and, you know, whether now or um, just through relations, uh, just through, you know, relations, you know, I know police officers, some of my military buddies have, are in the force now, and we have had multiple conversations about that, but I had to speak. Um, and it was good that me and uh, Lieutenant Seferelli got a chance to engage. And my biggest thing was I wanted him to listen, not, not to yep. just hear, hear us just to engage and get it over with, because I, I'm not that guy. I don't care if everybody else left, if you didn't hear me and you were just kind of just trying to talk and get it over with, I'll be there. And I said that I made it, I made a clear point. I will be here until you listen. It is not your point right now. It isn't, you know, just to try and talk. It's literally just to listen. And he did that. Once he showed me that respect that I can trust him to listen. And then even moving, you know, having his guys move, I'm good. We had that respect. I, you show me that respect. I show you that respect. That's why I had the crowd move because I wanted him to see that, Hey, we're, we're in peace. But there's some shit that I have to get off my chest for me, not only me, but for this whole movement. So then that way Wallingford can understand, because I'm sure as as Wallingford is a lot of a lot of liberals. And I hate using liberal liberals and conservatives because it, it really pinpoints people in a certain way, because if you're one of my one of my best friends, he is down south. You know, what I mean, down south conservative, but he doesn't he's not stuck in traditional older values. You know what I'm saying? So if I stick into definition, if I call him conservative, he's that way in, in everybody's eyes, but he's really not. Right. So um, I could talk all day, but I'll give the floor. I'm sorry. <laughs> conservative <laughs> and liberal don't really mean anything anymore. You know? <laughs> exactly. It's so, it's so the lines are blurred. Super, super blurred because I'll tell you right now, I want equality. I love everybody. Um, I love, you know, mutual respect for everybody, but guess what? I want my guns. I want to be able to have what I want when I want, and I want to be able to do things, certain things in my own freedoms. You, sound I, like you know what I'm saying? So I don't yeah. like tagging myself because I'll tell you right now, uh, I more than likely I'm going to piss off the black, dem 
the black demographic more than anything, not because of the things I say, but because of the things that I'm way too forgiving. I'm more direct, but if we have a mutual understanding, I can respect more thoughts. And then also I call out everybody for what it is. You know what I'm saying? So just like back to the Antifa thing. Antifa, in my eyes, you're a bunch of punks. Show your face, show yourself. You can make change without doing everything. Now, granted, here, here I go jumping again. Police department in Minneapolis, after countless and countless of things, burn it down. I don't care. I'm not going to be the one doing it. I'm not going to be the one sitting there saying, you know, burn it down. But I don't blame you. Right. I was saying last week like, or the week before, like, you. everybody would still be backing, you know, backing um, this, the movement if they just stuck to the police department, stuck to the yeah. like the city hall, maybe something like that. Places that have a feasible connection to the actual. Sure. Issue. Not the auto zone. I'm exactly. Not the auto zone. No. Not no. the target. I don't care no. who back to, you know, funding wise. If you want to hurt their, <laughs> sure. po- if you want to hurt them, hurt their pockets. Right. So if not you, if Rosie's you, Deli. Not, exactly. Not mom and pop shops. Because this is insurance. Money. They're going to get makes, that money back. Yeah. That makes no sense. Look, you know, it's, it's funny, Duncan. You, you just said to Rob, you know, you sound like a libertarian. I, I really do think deep down we're all a little libertarian. I mean, we we all want our freedoms. We all want to be able to do what we want to do, do without anybody up in our business. And I think that's certainly a legitimate complaint. And I think, look, I think for some people, Duncan, I think some people would like to be libertarian if they felt the playing field literally was what the Constitution says it's supposed to be, where all men are created equal. And I think if everybody really felt that way, and we have to figure out how to get we everybody to make to that, that happen. That's what we got to do. Yeah. And it starts like this. Communication. And, it's, and it's been time. <laughs> so well, again that's why we're doing a show like this you know this is yeah. six different opinions from six different people none of us ever agrees on any one thing and i think that's <laughs> great we're not supposed to you know because we are all different we all have different life experiences and we all have different lifestyles we're currently living and we're all in different socioeconomic uh positions you know um, mike over there is a boomer <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not twice. Okay. You've been called Boomer twice in less than an hour. Right. We got some Gen Zs. We got okay, millennials. You got okay. right, left. Center. There we go, Victoria. The whole idea here is to hear from everybody to talk this out. You know, I've had great conversations <laughs> with several of you during the week about you know what is it we're doing with this show. You know, and and you know what makes us any, any why listen to us? Well, because you're literally going to hear from six different people. Uh, where where no one's going to judge what anyone else is saying. Hear everybody yeah. out. You know, I, I watched a really great video this morning um, of a guy. It was a TED Talk. I shared it with you guys where uh, he infiltrated the far right mm-hmm. and was surprised to learn that some of the guys are really decent human beings and that they're scared. And, you know, there's a lot of talk of, about a white genocide, which will never happen. But look, if you hear it enough times. That sounds so ridiculous. It does. Listen, it, it, listen, you can laugh it off, you guys. But it's a legitimate concern that people have. And it's, it's you true. know what, uh, Rob, you talk about people living in an echo chamber and, and not, you know, not hearing different points of view. And when that happens... You know, you're just getting fed the same stuff over and over. It's easy to fall for that stuff. Or, I don't say fall for that stuff because I don't think that's the right word. But look, everybody's got to worry about themselves, too. At the I sent you guys that good video with Millie Weaver taking the um, yep. the, the blacks, black uh, guy over to the MAGA crowd outside of a Trump rally, too. And he was surprised at how openly he was accepted and 
people just hugging him and saying, yeah, he was, he wanted to go into the Trump rally, but he was scared that he might get hurt or, or, you know, something like that. Everybody's like, no, come on in with us. We'll protect you. Like this, yeah, uh, there's I, a few and plenty, but then you yeah. got, once again, the media, which I hate to, but um, once again, the media portrays it and shows those images where if you know what I'm saying, I can't, I can't as a black man, I, well, there it goes. I feel, you know what I'm saying? If I go there, they're not going to be so accepting, especially if I'm like, come on, man. If I'm not, if I wear my stuff or I'm just like, if I'm not in Trump gear, I'm sure I'm going to get yelled at and I shouldn't be criticized. Even if I want to go just hear the opposing view. If I'm not sure. Right. I think it'll blow your mind. It's please like, do. Wow. Please do. Yeah. It's really cool. It's really yeah, cool. I've seen it. It's amazing. And then you the guy, like... they, they go back over to the, uh, the anti-Trump protesters with the black guy who's trying to have a conversation with them and they nobody will talk to him. They're all shutting him down. People blocking the camera, you know, blocking his way so that to tell the other protesters not to talk to these people. And like, it's crazy, like the level of acceptance on one side versus the level of acceptance when they just walk back and forth and try to have conversations with them. And it's all, you know, unedited. And it's, it's wild. I'll send it to you. It's really cool. Please do. You know, it's funny. Um, again. Uh, when you know i'll share something uh we had our chat earlier in the week and and rob and duncan having never met before it didn't exactly go well initially (laughs) Um, you know it's like when you're online and you you don't know who somebody is and you're just talking with like like isn't that what social media is like i i I don't have to regard you as a human you're just some idiot saying the opposite of what i think all right you know right you meet the person and you realize gosh these guys are going out for coffee this week yeah, hopefully, yeah, and it, it, and it, it wasn't even about the views. Like I said, it was the the respect the interface. Issue. The interface. Exactly. Yeah, I was. And a- so you know, but you so know, you? <laughs> exactly. But like I said earlier, when two di- when yeah. two dicks, you know, meet together, <laughs> whatever. And, and that's another, and that's a pure example of me growing because I've I've grown up and in, in, in my culture being gay was a horrible thing. So the no homo thing, you always had to create for now. I'm like, I'm 30 years old. Why does that bother me? One, because none of that bothers me at all. I have gay friends. I know gay friends. I've had the most fun at a gay bar just because of the, <laughs> yeah. the thrill, the excitement and the energy. Like, I don't, you know what I'm saying? So even then for me to sit there and say, when two dicks collide, sorry, it's a little side <laughs> train. You know what I mean? It shouldn't bother me, but that's me still growing. It's a sword fight, right? It? It's, you know what I'm saying? So, but that's still me growing. So I have to grow. Two dicks meet collide. We'll have a good time. You know, we'll keep it Could going. be a good time to bring Victoria in. Victoria, I know, I know you, you obviously are following this a lot. You're yeah. uh, maybe the meme master general uh, since this whole thing started. I mean, <laughs> no, I mean, seriously, look, but not really good stuff. And, and I, it, it's stuff that look, I know we we could laugh memes off sometimes, and most of them are kind of silly, but a lot of them, you know, really strike a chord. And yeah. you know, that whole picture says a thousand words thing. You throw a few symbols together that have a deeper meaning that would take like a thousand words to explain. You know? Oh yeah. I mean, again, look, you can you can definitely laugh off a meme, but some of them really hit the mark. And and I feel like you really yeah. been doing that, Victoria. I know you get very heated about this stuff, so. 
I do. Um, I don't know. Right now, I'm really just like trying to take it in and like listen. I feel like that's like the biggest thing for us to do. I am so frustrated with a lot of, especially like the white kids and like Gen Z. I saw this tweet that was like, Gen Z will be scared to like ask for a ketchup packet at a restaurant, but will like attack a police officer. Like that is so accurate. But I feel like a lot of it isn't for the right cause. It's like, hey, look at me. And I just feel like that's kind of the opposite of what I want to do. I actually like care so much about getting the information across. And I feel like a lot of people are taking Black Lives Matter and all that's going on right now is like a trend. And like to be like, oh, like I'm like a bad girl. And like, look at me, I'm at like a protest and like whatever I'm doing all this and they're doing it for the wrong reasons. I just feel like to be an ally, you really have to listen and not make it about you. And when you go to these protests, you just, you have to listen. Like you really have to, like educating yourself has to be the number one right now number always one. that's how victoria there was a lot of that at the southington protest I, I so rob you were saying um that you you don't like to be the center of attention that's not your scene you you like to you know you'll sit back but if you have to you're going to stand up mm-hmm. i'm the opposite i'm an actor i love being front and center <laughs> and, and being on stage and having the spotlight on me but in this setting this isn't my setting mm-hmm. i'm here to support and I couldn't believe the amount of people. It, once one white person said something on the microphone, everyone's like, oh, oh, we can talk too. So everyone jumped up on the mic. And I'm like, that's not, that's not what we're here it's for. about you. <laughs> right. We're here. That's my best friend Noah right in front of me there. Um, we were at the Southington protest downtown. Uh, the police quartered off a little bit of our town green. Um, and I just tried to record, um, what we were, what we were doing. And, um, they gave us this, this little area of the town green and we tried to ask them to walk with us a few times and no one was saying anything. There was no real communication. So we took off down the road. Um, and, and once we took off down the road, the dialogue began. (laughs) Of course. Of course. And and that's awesome. And and I want to just, one of the things like, even um, how you said you wanted them to get you to walk to, you know, walk with you guys. Let's remember like water beg for doesn't put thirst. Right. So just even at your protest, even at mine, everybody was like, take a knee with us, take a knee. Everybody's take a knee. No, don't ask, don't beg them to take a knee. That's manufactured. Exactly. Right, do it if they want to. Like if it's genuine, then they'll do it. Like that, it, ugh, it like hurts me so bad. And I've seen so many videos of cops that will be on their knee when the news crew is there, but as soon as they leave, they're right back with their tear gas. It's just so unfortunate. Yeah. And like that's just another instance where like you're doing it for the clout. You're doing and, it for the yeah. Family. And there we go. Absolutely. Accountability. And my caveat. Here we go. People are going to hate me. But to your point, Victoriana, you made a beautiful point. Same with the people that are wearing BLM shirts and putting on Instagram hashtag Black Lives Matters. Nice. Stop it. If you're Post- really not about that life, was it everybody wants to right. Who posted a like a picture of her holding up a sign, and then you could see in the shadow in the background that there was actually no sign, and she was just had her hands oh, up in the air. Kylie Jenner, yeah, that dumbass yeah, Pepsi commercial. Oh <laughs> All the commit Kardashian knots. For, oh my god. Uh, yeah, you know it, that our protest did go fairly well though in Southington. Yes. It was we were heard. The police stayed and just protected the outside of it so we didn't have any anyone interfering there was one gentleman who tried to interfere with our protest he wasn't there very long uh and then the, the i think the biggest moment oh yeah he was very upset with us he had obscene gestures i am unfortunately i did not get that on uh camera oh, like a counter protester 
Yes, one counter protester by himself at a Black Lives Matter. It was, how, uh, how do you counter protest Black Lives Matter? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was just screaming. He was just screaming all lives matter from the other side. And uh, he was hiding at City Hall or wow. Town Hall uh, right behind where all the other town council members were that didn't join the march. So we're like, oh, you're over there. Here we go. Here so we, we cross to the other side of the road. <laughs> I love how you guys handled that. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And, like, I don't like being like I don't like being in the back. But like you said, you like to be in the front true activism and true allies like you i appreciate because i want you to use your voice because you are going to be the person that holds the next person like you know what i mean like you that might have a difference of opinion accountable sure. you know what i'm saying so like you said one person started speaking then the next person started speaking so that just keeps opening that dialogue and it really starts making yeah. people think and open so thank you for that that's amazing uh, i love yeah, that you brought that up I'm usually the guy to grab the mic. Whenever there's an open mic, I, I want to talk, but this isn't my ground unless I'm asked to because I, I can I can dictate and I, I have a good way with words when it comes to publicly speaking. Um, but I wanted our black community, which in Southington is less than 5% probably yes. in Southington, Connecticut. So uh, it's they were there for their protest. Let's let them talk now. We got to listen, like you were saying. Uh. By the way, both videos, uh, both the one that Rob was at, and Tyler's got a few videos from his. We're going to put them up on the Facebook page after the show, so you'll have the audio. You guys can sort of hear, uh, you know, exactly what what these guys went through. Thanks to Eric Farron for uh, weighing in. Uh, Eric will probably be on the show here next week. He says all his uh, protests were mostly peaceful, and I think we are seeing that. I think we're seeing uh, uh, some of the the more violent protests sort of calm down. Thank you to Adam. Adam, um, what's up? You here? know, again. This is a buddy of yours, Duncan. Yeah. Yeah. You know, again, right? I mean, this is what it is. It's a conversation. Let's let's figure things out. Let's talk things out. Let's learn from each other. Let's learn when it's time to talk and let's learn when it's time to listen. There's a great yes. moment in, in the video with Rob and Officer Cifarelli or Lieutenant Cifarelli. Uh, yes. Where he, Say it right. Cifarelli just wants to keep running his big mouth. And Rob's like, this is your time to listen. And he finally shuts up and he listens. And then right, Rob, right after that, it's sort of like it started to wind down once he just listened. Exactly. If you and it's, right. it, and it's just like they ask at just when they do a police stop. You know what I'm saying? Just just everybody wants us just to be quiet. You know what I mean? And shut up. Well, this is your time. This is not a police stop. This isn't a traffic stop. You aren't apprehending anybody. This is us coming to you apprehending your time. Shut up right. and listen. That's oh, it. Yeah. Just, uh, just and that happened with us, I'm, too. I'm 100 percent for peaceful protests and, and, and getting the dialogue out there. I just don't you know, I'm, I can't back the violence on principle, but I've been protesting for over a decade, various things. So I'm 100 percent in support of having your voice out there and protesting. Now, get it. Same but, thing happened for us, Rob, too, where our deputy chief, Paul Mary, uh, was eventually the one who chose on his own accord to come over to the protest and walk at the front of our, our march. So that was, that was nice. We did have one awesome. officer who was like, all right, let's, let's do this together. There you go. And that's do awesome. Do you guys have any ideas for solutions for uh, improving, improving <laughs> the police public relations? No, oh, you don't want to hear my matter of fact. Yeah. Let's throw the pot defund the police. And then I 100% we'll agree. <laughs> well, look, let me throw you two, two thoughts real quick. First of all, defund the police is not what it sounds like because exactly. on the surface, that exactly. sounds like a stupid idea, but it's not defunding as in taking away all of the money and just buying guns and, and weapons and big trucks to knock your door down as opposed to 
having social workers come out during situations or negotiators to de-escalate situations and, and, and things of that nature. Um, so, yeah. You know, positive restructure, positive social honest, restructure. Police officers are often asked to remedy situations that they shouldn't even be in in the first right. place. Exactly. If exactly. Take, if we could take these guys out of some of those situations, I think you're doing these gentlemen a favor, a especially favor. the good cops. Especially right. The good I made cops. a post about that, reducing the uh, the number of non um, victimless crimes on the books. I think that the 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 unconstitutional drug war disproportionately affects minority communities and um mm -hmm. you know going with the constitution and eliminating the uh, the claimed authority to be able to tell people what they can put in their own bodies would drastically reduce the uh, negative uh, interfacing between public and police um I, there's and by implementing these policies, like getting rid of the drug war, um, reducing victimless crimes, it would naturally result in a massive defunding of the police because all the, all those resources wouldn't be needed for those uh, those projects, which are illegal and unconstitutional and cause more problems than they solve, I would say. Let's think about something with that. You bring up the drug war, right? Most When we think of most drug cases locally, they're mostly what? intent to sell, intent to distribute if it goes that way. So we're thinking of an ounce or less, right? Anything above an ounce, yeah. It, it, yeah, pretty much possession, right? So that, and now we're talking about in, mo in most urban cities, big cities, or even culture, you know I mean? You have the main two, two, three drugs, but we see a lot of crime with marijuana, right? So let's right. use marijuana, for example, because I don't know shit about anything else. I can speak about cannabis because I know cannabis and I know how it <laughs> pertains to a black man if I get pulled over. Well, pre all this new law change, right? So if I take cannabis, if, if it's anything less than a pound, it's really, I'm going to see a year and I'll be back on the streets. Even if it's my third time, I'll see five years. Realistically, if I have a good lawyer, I can see, I'll be back, you know, even at my third strike, I'll be back within 20, whatever, depending on how much weight it is. But if it's above a pound, that's when it all becomes federal. Let's be honest. So leave that to the federal boys. If you have somebody in your jurisdiction and you're a city guy, stop trying to be somebody of that caliber because all you're going to do once it goes past, it's going to be a fight of who gets, which agency gets it anyways. Let those guys deal with it. Let the local guys, so you don't need all that narcotics team and everything else like that. Let them do it because the narcotics team, they're coming in with uh, no-knock warrants and getting people like Breonna Taylor shot up for no reason. All right. Because they're, they're, the training, it takes intensive training to do the things that they feel in narcotics, a simple narcotics system in Hartford or New Haven or something will have the same caliber of that. No, no, let's not face it. Guess what? These drug dealers aren't stupid. The ones that they really want to get aren't stupid. And all they're doing right. is they're going to, they're going to let the little fish go keep, you know what I'm saying? Keep reeling them in just to get the bigger fish to feed to the FBI boy. So it's a whole system. So let them deal with that instead of keep wasting money into bullshit training and just trying to pay off somebody else. Let's talk real about it. And I, I've, I don't think I've ever said this publicly before, but I knew somebody who was um, on a state police SWAT team and he would go around to drug dealers and shake them down and uh, and take things in exchange for keeping their operations on the low. So this, this police are benefiting from the illegal activity, profiting from it, and of course they are. Certain, you know, allowing mm -hmm. certain operations to continue. My position is that, 
um, with with prohibition, let's say, for instance, the, the the Constitution needed to be amendment to grant the government authority to even intervene at all to claim that they could tell you not to drink alcohol. The 18th Amendment. And then after all of the, the gang crime and and horrible stuff rose up around it, people dying from bathtub gin, going blind, um, bad products, bad laws. They passed the 21st Amendment to uh, to repeal the 18th Amendment. And I can't remember um, what the mayor of New York's name was at the time. Famous dude. He was he said a law that is not, you know, that that the people are not in favor of cannot be enforced because it will never, you know, it's it's never going to go over. So they came to the realization that the public didn't want this law and they the right thing to do was get rid of it. So my question is, from where do uh the state or federal authorities claim to derive the authority to tell us, you know, to 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 make any substance or item illegal in the first place. And we have all these negative police interactions resulting ballooning from this, like a year in jail. That's a horrible thing to, to, to have happen for for something that you you're sitting there. Not, you know, there's no victim if you have a, a an ounce of weed or a, a your personal pound, consumption. Right. And if you're selling it. It's two consenting adult parties, you know, com committing a, a transaction which should be perfectly legal. Mm -hmm. There's no reason for the federal government or the state government to be even involved whatsoever. So unless there's an amendment to the Constitution to allow this type of um, authority, then I, I would say that it needs to be eliminated. We'd, we'd, you know, there'd be fewer deaths because why do people die from heroin? The purity fluctuates. So they mm -hmm. inject five bags of one batch, then they get a batch that's double the strength and it kills them. What it's cut with. Yeah, exactly. So if we legalize it, it would be like alcohol. The bathtub gin would go away. The purities would be regulated. The black market crime would go away because legitimate businesses would form in the place of those crime syndicates. The police interface with the public would be minimized. I'd say a large very large portion of um, negative thoughts about police arise from paranoia regarding the drug war and people being paranoid that they're going to be persecuted for for something that doesn't involve a victim you know mm -hmm. we need to remove the, the 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 type of intervention that we see from law enforcement with victimless crimes um, and respect that people have rights to, to make decisions that we don't agree with if, if it's using drugs or, or whatever but I, th I think that a, a huge portion of the negative, um, the negative view towards police stems as a result of intervention for victimless crimes and, and infringements on our rights, which are for some reason allowed by the by the government. I mean, I know why Harry J. Anslinger teaming up with paper, cotton and oil to run smear campaigns against marijuana in the 30s, because it would have put those businesses out of business because, you know, highest ethanol from cannabis, high quality fibers with less processing and bleaching than cotton, etc. You know, there these industries had all the reason in the world to um, to 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 limit the influence on the markets by cannabis, for instance, since we're talking about cannabis. But the, the lobbying of the federal government and the, the, the manipulation convinced the government to go outside of the scope of the Constitution and start this war on a substance that they don't even have the authority to do in the first place. So if we go back to constitutional law and eliminate this type of victimless crime, eliminate this type of infringement on people's personal decisions, I think that police relations would be a lot better. They'd be there when you need them for when somebody's breaking in your house, but they won't be harassing you on the street for for 
acting within your own rights, which I think is a huge problem that needs hey, to be Hey, Michael, what addressed. do you think of legalizing drugs? <laughs> oh, jeez. Is that like putting me on the spot right now? A little bit. I um, No, I have to actually, listening to Duncan talking there, I actually feel the same as he does about this because if it is uh, for personal consumption, I mean, who is the government to say what is legal, what isn't legal uh, for like a drug like marijuana? I mean, I don't seem to have a problem with that. Uh, again, that's something I'm kind of like in the middle of. On one hand, I do, and on the other hand, I don't. But, you know, Duncan was bringing up some good points about that. And I'm like, well, if two consenting adults want to make this transaction and con consume this, it's their bodies, and who's the government to say, you know, yes or no? So I may, I may be leaning more towards, you know, saying, yeah, I, I wouldn't have a problem if they legalized it. Ron Paul's the same way. He's like, I don't. I don't use drugs. I'm not a drug person, but right. I recognize your right to do it. And it recognized that it would be immoral and unjust for me to claim that I have the authority to tell you not to, even if I disagree with your decisions, it's like two dicks coming together. You know, you, you can't control <laughs> private morality. I agree and disagree here. I, I think there's certain drugs that should be legal yeah. uh, like marijuana, but when you're talking about heroin, uh, right. absolutely not. There should that should never be legalized in the United States. Uh, marijuana, I don't care, but it should be treated like alcohol, you know in my opinion. With, uh, you know, like drinking and drugs stuff, because I, I am also a Christian as well. I, I may not agree with that, but if two people can, you know, like I said, consenting adults want to do this, that's their. It's your life. It's your body. You do what you want to do. I'm not going to step in and say don't do it. I'm not going to stop you from doing it because it, you know it's your life. I got to you know? jump in real quick Victor. to address Ovi's uh, Ovi's comment. Um, I, I did not intend to, to say nonviolent crimes. I meant victimless. Like if you if you're stealing, you're violating the private property rights of the person who owns the product or mm. object that is being stolen. And thus there is a victim involved. So I mean, victimless crimes as opposed to nonviolent crimes. Sorry to cut you off there, Michael. Just Let me think of it right here. Uh, Brooke, it is uh, it's not bad. It's not bad at all. I was like, what's not bad? Victoria, what do you think? I was like, what's bad? I'm just really trying to listen because I can really see both sides of the argument. I completely see what you're saying, how people should be able to do whatever they want and not necessarily bring the law into it. But I really just do think like you'll see like people of color. That's kind of what we're fighting for right now. And it's kind of just like any color except for white. Your bail is higher regardless of the crime. So there's that side of it. And I also think that when you make drugs legal, it also enforces a lot of the behavior that comes like well, the, with drugs, people that are on heroin and meth and all of that kind of stuff do crazy shit they do but crazy shit and things that are like not okay drugs, they saw drug use go down actually so i don't believe that there's any statistical correlation to show that um there is increase well so, you'll actually see like i'm so sorry but like no, you'll ahead, actually see a lot of people who are addicted to heroin who or who end up dying of overdoses from things like heroin get hooked on pain medications and painkillers and that kind of stuff and they can't afford that anymore and that is legal those are pharmaceuticals and those are legal so i just i just feel like resulting to something black market and something cheaper always happens in drugs because they're drugs you know what i mean Not if there is no black market and everything's so, legal so learning luck, point so learning point real quick and I, I it would be a good homework research for everybody has anybody seen the wire outside of me nope i know a couple actors from all right I've never seen it. okay <laughs> no. so hbo the wire this is perfect 
I want to say season three or four, one of the, and I don't want to give a plot. I don't want to give a spoiler alert, but it goes into decriminalizing and literally having what they call hamster dam, where the police have been, they were going through a bunch of a numbers game and trying to figure out how to appease the mayor because it's, you know, election season, how to get the numbers down on um, drugs. So they decriminalize in a specific area and it shows the, outcome of what that pertains to the good the bad and the ugly so with all this with all this i believe you know referring to the wire if you guys watch that it would like blow your mind because it doesn't just depict it doesn't there's no bad person and even you know what i'm saying there's no there's no bad person it just shows all aspects of the police the drug um the drug world and gotcha. everything else that goes around it's a revolving door it's five seasons of just great great content and then you know also besides that um to kind of get a point let's not forget how heroin and all these drugs came in back in the 70s and 80s um when the cia decided they wanted to manipulate and use the the black culture and specifically for this for this heroin was invented by bayer in the 1800s but coke is is but yes so let you know i mean and and not to go on a big deep dive because i would love everybody to do their research because i'm a big advocate of doing your research not only i'm saying because that's how you grow but looking into the 70s 70s and 80s in la detroit um new york how the cia brought that in and then did a whole monopolizing of that so Right. I agree with you, Duncan. You know, it's it's your choice, you know, at a certain aspect, but there's certain limitations. You shouldn't have a, a say so on what I put in my body, whether whatever. Now, my actions result of that. You should have a say so if I do something against the law. But other than that, yeah, I agree with you, Duncan. High five, bud. <laughs> also, I feel so, like if you're going to have alcohol legal and recommendations of like drinking and some of the crazy shit that you can do when you're drinking, yes. like how yeah, are you going to have alcohol thing. legal and not all of these other drugs? Like, you know, when that, yep. when you really think about that, it kind of makes or it how, Or how am I watching people literally eat cannabis infused treats and smoke cannabis on YouTube, right. but I have guys, friends that are doing 10, 10 years for less than a pound a week. Or going to the store yeah, and buying salvia divinorum and being in another planet for five minutes entirely. But it, when it comes down to it, um, regardless of the danger of a drug or the potential side effects or something like that, it, it all boils down to the principle of do you does the government have a right to tell you what you can put in your body? So I, I don't use heroin. I'm, I'm do not advocate it. I'm against it. But I'm in favor of of legalizing everything across the board because of the principle of individual liberty. And uh, my, my stance on this um, originates from a, a, con- a conference that I went to at Harvard um, by this, uh, this law enforcement group called Law Enforcement Against Prohibition, LEAP. And they laid out all these statistics to further back the, the, the moral argument that they were making as well. It was really, it was mind blowing for me to see a law enforcement group being against the laws that they're being forced to enforce, you know, which was kind of interesting. Um, I agree, Brooke, if weed is legalized, then everybody that's in jail should be released hundred percent. And uh, I think that there's a yes. lot of things, a lot of laws that could be changed that could get a lot of people in out of prison that should not be in prison right now. Very true. I feel like cool, we're cool. making some progress. Cool, look at this. Look at this. Come on. <laughs> we do like to talk about something. And this is going to get a little rough for some of the people in the room, but uh, President Donald Trump uh, went on Twitter and uh, yesterday, just again yesterday, to attack the NFL players who were kneeling for the anthem. 
He says he won't watch an NFL game or a Good. U.S. national soccer team game if they're going to kneel. He's once again conflating the protests and uh, the idea that this is somehow disrespectful or disrespecting the flag. A couple of days ago, Trump questioned NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell, who basically told the players, hey, we were wrong. If you guys want to kneel, kneel. President thinks that's a huge mistake. Again, he maintains it is disrespectful to the flag and to the country. I'm going to ask you guys, uh, especially the three to the right, um, you know, I know you guys before have, have maybe been a little more um, a little more willing to understand this stuff. Now, is the president wrong in coming out? And again, hey, just the fact he's conflating the kneeling like it's some kind of anti-American thing, which it, we all know now it isn't. We'll start with you, Michael. If if Trump don't want to watch, then don't watch. I mean, fine. You don't want that, that's. I know he's the president, but that's his right. If he doesn't want to watch it, again, like I talked about earlier before the show, how me and my son, my son and I, proper grammar, uh-huh. uh, we we had we've done a lot of talking over this uh, quarantine that we've been in, and he made some good points about, especially with Kaepernick and him kneeling for the anthem. Now. I don't have to agree with it. That's fine. All right. But I understand why he's doing it. I understand why Kaepernick is kneeling and I will defend his first amendment right to do so because he does have that first amendment because my son pointed out to me, he said, well, listen, you know, dad, you, you, you go with the first amendment when it suits your ideology, you know, if it suits conservative ideology, you're like, Oh yeah, first amendment. But now you're talking about someone who's doing something that's on the other side of your opinion. And what do you say? You get you get all yancy about it. Well, I'm like, yeah, it's a good point you brought up, son. It's uh, I, it, he does have a First Amendment right to do this. He, you know, I may not have to agree with it, and it's fine. Uh, that's my First Amendment right if I disagree with it. But I understand why he's doing it. And I'm not looking down on him or anybody that wants to do it, especially now that the NFL has said, well, you know, go ahead and do it. Uh, that's their right. That's their First Amendment right, and. I won't stop them. I won't force them. If, uh, you know, I don't have to watch the NFL games. I don't have to do that at all. Uh, Trump doesn't have to watch. He doesn't have to watch soccer. He doesn't have to do it. That's his choice. So if he says he's not going to watch it, then don't. Yeah. I I think uh, I'm going to use one of Mike's lines here that he loves to use for Uncle Joe Biden. Uh, Keep on talking, Donnie. We like to hear from you. We like to hear from you because you dig you, you dig yourself a deeper and deeper hole with the left. You are making no friends on on the moderate and left side with some of your comments you're making. And uh, in the early in Donald Trump's presidency, when I was just coming into early in my college career, um, I was on the Donald Trump train. I was not on the Hillary Clinton train. That's the reason why I was on the Donald Trump train um, because I I couldn't see myself voting for Hillary. So I was like, I'm the person who initially was like lesser of two poisons rather than just voting independently. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not anymore. I'm against everything that he's standing for at the current time. And I just think like Mike put so well, you can have your opinion, but when you state it and get annoyed that people are coming at you for having that opinion, that makes no sense to me because you're saying I can have an opinion, but you can't be mad about it. It makes no sense that he's getting mad about that when he is getting mad at other people's opinions. And he's like, whoa, the left's attacking me. I'm like, no, you're just being a jerk. (laughs) I don't understand where people get that idea. 
I said, if you don't want to watch, don't watch. I mean, that was the first reaction I had when I saw the tweet. All right, fine. You know, that's that's fine. Just don't watch it. He probably doesn't watch anyways. He probably the dude probably has nothing to do with sports. I mean, maybe, maybe the Yankees. Maybe he still watches baseball. <laughs> but I, I think that's it. I, I don't think he's watched a lick Probably of football to except to go time. down to the Alabama game and get cheered on. That is the only time I think I've ever seen him at a sporting event where I'm like, oh, maybe he actually cares. Ask him how many people are <laughs> on a roster, on an active roster. Yeah, right. Yeah. Listen to Duncan, I'd be curious your thoughts on this because you generally will support the president. Your thoughts on this one? I think the president has a right to his opinion. Um the only reason that I had any problem with kneeling during the uh, anthem in the first place was because it was against NFL policy. And I think that it's important to, um, mm-hmm. you know, you respect your employment agreements, essentially. But I 100 percent support your right to protest and your freedom of speech. I'll go further. Um, I, I don't see any problem with even burning the flag uh, as, as much as people may find it distasteful. It's a valid form of expression. Um, turning the flag upside down is a, a recognized Title 18 um, symbol for expressing that the nation is in distress. Um, so, you know, now that the NFL policy is OK with uh, with kneeling, I don't have any problem with it. Can you. Um inform me exactly what the policy not verbatim but was it just participation or was it you actually had to actively stand hand over heart did it specify or did it say participation i'm not sure i just know that nfl um uh executives basically had said that kneeling wasn't okay i don't know i'm not i'll tell you i can tell you exactly it was sponsorship because well no looks and the whole thing in the first place they never really made a big deal about the Star Spangled Banner, the national anthem at football games, until sometime in the mid-2000s when uh, they were looking to uh, increase, uh, basically recruit by advertising during NFL football games. And they partnered up with the NFL. They started making a bigger deal for the Open uh, and and as far as uh, doing the the, uh, national anthem. It just seemed like a natural place to protest. And I'll and I'll tell you guys, I mean, I think I've shared this story here before. The first time I heard Kaepernick sat, I was not happy with it until he said why. And then I thought, oh, that's solid. Okay, I can get behind that. Um, And my whole thought while everybody was arguing whether he should or he shouldn't or he can or he can't was just shut up and let him talk for a minute. Just see what he has to say. Maybe he's on to something. And we find out now three years later he was. So, you know, just goes to show. Even as me, I I'll be first to admit when he started doing it, my first thing was I'll see what happens when the money stops. You know, and that's my yeah. biggest thing when the money stops. Let's see if he continues this stance and he did. So Uh-oh. once he proved to me yeah. that he did it wasn't about the monetary and that he was willing to sacrifice it all, then yes, I can stand behind you because let's face it, the root of all evil and a lot of this uh, once let's face it, our if people were working without this pandemic, would they really be outside as much? I don't know who would, you know what I'm saying? But, and once it starts affecting change. So once I realized it wasn't affecting his pocket, well, he didn't care about it affecting his pockets. Then I could stand behind him. I was the first one. I didn't doubt. I doubted him at first because I thought it was kind of like, Hey, when we say, Hey, you got to stop doing this. Cause a lot of people have shuck and jive before they want to protest. Right. Right. And then when they say, all right, it's time to cut your check. They're like, Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm ready to. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Follow the money trail for every anything political. Follow that money trail. We'll see where your uh, true priorities lie. Exactly. 
<laughs> Good. Some outstanding comments, by the way, from uh, our Amazing. wonderful listenership yep. today. So thank you uh, to Adam and Brooke and, and OV. Yeah, thanks, and, everybody. And really good So many comments. people commenting. Love, Love Bart and podcast, baby. It's a conversation. <laughs> uh, now, again, uh, I don't want to pile on Trump, but I'm going to have to just for a minute. You guys are all aware of his first rally in Tulsa, Oklahoma, which <laughs> historically, come on, th- this is bad. That was poorly uh, planned. And on June 19th in Tulsa, where the 1921 race riots occurred, um, you know, Duncan, you and I have talked about how Donald Trump's not a stupid person. And I'm not saying Donald Trump picked the date and the venue, but somebody in his administration did. And I think that was probably possibly the worst thing he's done in 2020. He's now since back. They're going to push it a a day later. It's also a state he won by 36 percent. So it's not like he really needs to rally Tulsa in the first place. Thank you. Like what? (laughs) I'll go last. He doesn't need to be there. There's no reason for him to be there. From my perspective, I didn't know what Juneteenth was. I had no idea about 1921. I didn't know about any of that. But I mean, um, I think it's I think it's good and and uh, respectful that he listened to black supporters and friends who asked him to change the date. And he did. Um, but if we want to, you know, start preventing people from doing things on on certain days, I'm sure there's an atrocity for every day of the year that somebody yeah. reference for some purpose. <laughs> but we I, you know, I'm not on on Memorial the date, it's the not city. Saying. And and look, the, the idea that the, the well, I'll give you one better. He announced or his administration announced. Uh, a a drawback of Obama era protections oh, for yes. LGBTQ people, it's not and really they chose true. the fourth anniversary of the Pulse nightclub shooting to make that announcement. Again, Disgusting. that is the, not uh, that was the not accidental. Protections were never even. It's not. Accidental. Y'all ain't stupid. Thank you. That's the kind no, of stuff, Duncan. Insane. Where where like for me. This starts to get kind well, think, of nasty. Think about and, this. And I'll tell you what. He's, if this he's was... surrounded by people who are against him. There are probably people in his administration who are setting things up like this that he's unaware of just to make him look bad. Who knows? He can ask Candace Owens. But why is he so stupid <laughs> that he doesn't recognize it? I don't understand. He's the no, president. But, he's the president of the United States. Exactly. Why do you not know? <laughs> well, I, I don't understand what having a rally has to do with any of, you know, anything mm-hmm. else that happened on the day previous years or anything. Like, it, they're two separate things entirely. Let me make this clear for you. I'll, let me open the door for you. That if you look at what happened to Tulsa, Oklahoma, and the destruction and the murder, bombs were dropped on U.S. soil on what was That's known true. to be black. What was known to be bombs black walls. I'm gonna let you do all your research. Corey, I, 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 I know nothing saying. about it. I, when I give you this information, this is for you to jot it down, go home, like Eminem said, write something suspenseful, then come back. Right. So. <laughs> What I what I so if you look at the massacre of Black Wall Street in Tulsa, Oklahoma, you would then sit there and say, "Wow, I kind of see." That's like saying to 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 a person of Jewish descent, you know, on the day of uh, of whatever day Germany was taken and the Nazis were taken down. Excuse me for my ignorance of not knowing exactly what day in the terminology, but. It would be like sitting there having a whole party and the KKK throwing a rally and just saying this is the day that we're going to pro. You know what I'm saying? It's just so 
ignorant. And that shows his bigotry and his ignorance. And then for it to come off the off the off the back just to sit there and say, oh, well, that's nothing wrong. Da, da, da. And it just shows just your ignorance instead of sitting there saying, let me look at it. And it, you haven't even taken the time after you've learned after you've learned about it to even go and do your research and at least get a, you know opening view. To you too, Duncan. Like you, you know about this. You know about this. It's been in there, and that's a lot of my problems with conservatives because conservatives because they don't want to do the research. They just want to say, "Oh no, this is bad. That's stupid. That ideology is bad and dumb." Like, why are you getting mad? And you'll see why we're mad. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look into it for sure. Please do, and then it, then I'll tell you, listen. It, it's a it, it is you know it's something I only learned about about three or four years ago. One of our new CMG podcasts. Uh, the podcast system with Lovey Roundtree. Olaf, she just did uh, her second to last episode was about the Tulsa race massacre. Yes. Um, and how and convenient it, timing, it, it, you know? Yeah. Very convenient timing. Um, and my wife, who's a, a smart person, a lawyer, a Cornell graduate and, and, and very, uh, you know, very politically involved, did not know that story at all. Aren't uh, there two so, things again, that happened isn't, on, it's, on June 19th? It's, 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 uh, I think basically, U.S. history in schools, and I majored in history right through college, okay? That was Me too. Major. Yeah, yeah, okay? They do whitewash a lot of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And yep. they definitely want to absolve some of the more embarrassing parts of our history. And again, that doesn't mean, right, you know, that we need to be uh, rewriting our history. It is what it is. We need to acknowledge it. Duncan, you say it all the time. If you don't learn your history, you're doomed to repeat it. And I, I, I think, unfortunately, in a lot of these situations, we're not really getting the true picture of history in Definitely. our schools. And that's yeah. the real Joe, thing. You, said, you said something there. You said if we don't learn our history, we're doomed to repeat it. Well, we need to learn everyone's history because the history that we're learning exactly. is ours. Exactly. It's our history books from the white perspective most yep. of the time. Mm-hmm. And I think I could, I could safely say most of the history people in here and most of our, our white viewership if we're going to talk about the civil rights movement, Martin Luther King, Rosa Parks, and Malcolm X. Go ahead. Name a few more. Anyone? That's it. That's who we're going to name. Oh, we're not going to go any deeper somebody. than that. <laughs> yeah, you go for it. I, I mean, know. that's... No, I was waiting for Doug to name somebody. I was like, oh, he looked like he was going to say somebody. Um, <laughs> blank on the spot. <laughs> no, that just shows. <laughs> it's... This um, Juneteenth has really opened my perspective to that because I just realized... I studied history extensively in my in, in college and throughout high school, but I was studying the history that I was showed. I didn't go deeper than what I was being He's showed. I just said, oh, Rosa Parks. His story, you know, written by the victor. Um, but when wasn't, okay, so there was the massacre sure. that occurred on June 19th, and um, there was, wasn't there something else positive that happened, like the end of, of um, uh, some, to- I can't remember what it was. Wasn't there a second thing that happened that was good? For black people on uh, on June nineteenth, I don't know. You tell me. There was, was uh, yeah, I'm so sure the right. black community has uh, tried uh, to make uh, it a uh, day uh, that they can. Uh, don't you're confusing the two things. June nineteenth was the day the Emancipation Proclamation Thank was you, delivered John. to Texas, uh, where they told uh, the people that that they were free. Okay, okay. Um, so, 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 so Tulsa and June nineteenth are separate thing things. To harness the energy of a of a good moment like that and use it to spread uh, no. positivity through the community. How? Like, How? Through Donald Trump? A, yeah, I mean, I've I've now I was through a bigot and a racist. Person. Absolutely not. Well, we're, we're gonna have to disagree about 
him being a racist. Um, but I mean, I, I mean, I could see you taking a date like that, holding a rally and using it to, to bring people together. So in that, Tulsa, Oklahoma, where his demographic just thrives with black people. Anywhere. Does, oh, you know? Duncan, hold on. Not for nothing. And Mike, you could jump in too. Feel free to. I, I've listening. been telling you guys this since we started doing this show. Wouldn't it be great if Donald Trump did pick that and announce, hey, look, we're doing this on, on Juneteenth. We're doing this in Tulsa. We're going to talk about it. We're going to make things right. And we're going to talk about being a right. That's what if, I mean, like something like he, that. But but he doesn't do that, Duncan. But, but like it didn't even happen yet. Maybe that was the plan. Maybe it got you know thrown and smashed up yeah. to pieces before it was even allowed but to Duncan, happen. Because it was Duncan, there's no nothing happened. he's done previous to yesterday would make you think that. Is <laughs> Why my not? Point. Exactly. It's he's literally like a slap in the face. Universe. Like one hundred percent. A lot of things for black people. What? Duncan. Name one. Name one. Girl, bye. Why? All time. The what? What was that? Lowest, lowest black unemployment of all time. Get no, no. Get out of here with that number. That falsified number. Something else. Something other than what they feed you. You tell me what he's done for black, black universities. For he what? Whole, uh, what did he do for HBCUs? I don't remember. I remember watching a big conference. Exactly. You don't remember. You don't know, you don't know when he's from the black community. Stop Stop thinking that just because he gives some some little... Just because I don't remember everything on the spot doesn't mean that these things haven't happened. I've been paying attention the whole time. anything for the black community. Come on now. How do you know what's good for the black community, Duncan? You tell me... The black community is what's good for the whole community. Which is what? Which is what? Which is what? Liberty. Which is liberty, being healthy, being free, having... Are we getting that? Are Duncan. we as black people getting Absolutely, that? Absolutely, 100% no. Duncan, Everybody even, is. Even your friend Brooks not. Where? <laughs> Where? I don't know, Brooks. I don't know, Brooks. I, if everybody was getting that right now, we wouldn't be talking about Black Lives Matter, would we? Yeah, we Thanks. would because the media twists everything and no. spins everything into the, hatred and division. Oh, so the media so the media had me face-to-face -face with the Klan three years ago. The media, had, right. the, the media that, had me face to face with that, them. Oh, the, the media, media also pulled me over. Racist for ten for eight years for disagreeing with Obama when I was never a racist. I just disagreed with the politics. And the media takes it and turns it into race. And they foment racial hatred and division. Stop putting your problems on the media. You deal with your problems with whatever agendas we have as black people. Gonna, and guess what? Okay, cool. The media. The media is a huge. That's influence. all you do. Okay, so give me, give me your stereo. Who are you? Who are you? Give me your demographic. Give I'm me your demographic. I'm an American. No, no. Okay, where are you? So. It are doesn't you, matter. Race. It does. It does. Matter. You can't tell me my experience. You have not had my experience as a black man. I'm not claiming to have. When had was it? the last time you were in Hartford on the North End? On the North End? I don't know. Outside you, of your car. Two months ago when I was Ubering, outside of my car. I don't live in Hartford. Why am I going to go walking around there? So can you tell me what goes on? It, it doesn't matter. It, yes, it does. It, so how matters. can you tell me about all my experience if you have not lived that experience? All that matters is promoting liberty, promoting unity, promoting But you're not doing any of that if you're disregarding my experience. I'm not disregarding your experience. I'm saying you that we shouldn't, be you're circling, on race. Duncan, we shouldn't be you're circling on demographics. We if need, we don't focus on can, race and demographics and all that kind of stuff, there's no change. Get past it. If How? we want to get past racism, we have to stop with all the race talk. With all the no, if we want to get That's past exactly racism, you stop to gotta hiding it. You gotta How stop about hiding this? the fact that it's out there and stop being like, oh, let's just hide it. Let's just get away from it. No, face it. Hiding it. You're hiding it by sitting there saying it's not real. Get out of here. I'm not saying it's not real. Racism exists. What I'm saying is that the media <laughs> takes things that are innocuous and not racist 
and claims that they're racist. And, and you take things that are racist and you say they're not racist. Well, he, well, how am how, 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 <laughs> true? That's not necessarily true. Name one thing. So many of the concepts and ideas oh, that you're bringing forth. Everything we were just talking about. Let me share a thing here. Tag out. Tag out. Hold the phone. Really, name one thing that's racist objectively that I've said is not objectively racist. After Joe, sure. June 19th in Tulsa. I mean, you are even, you're even his assuming own that there was a purpose and motive. We have no idea if that has anything to do. Here with we go, racism. sheltering instead of calling it for what it the is. Country. These are the people running the country. Why do they not know better? They know that it's going to piss no, people off, know and they know Trump's that it's a backhand. Exactly. Is not running the country. But you're right. assuming that in that statement that Donald Trump is ignorant and doesn't know anything about the no, significance I'm not, I'm not of that date. Not at all. I'm assuming that somebody else is putting together his schedule, which is exactly what's so, happening. Well, maybe don't hold him accountable. That that's that date. Like, why does he not know? Obviously, because the president. he's president and he's the president of the United yeah. States. But we've known that ever know since nobody he got knows You're not the president. You're just some guy in Connecticut. Facts. Well, <laughs> he was just some guy in New York, a businessman who now all but of a sudden he took the liberty to run for office. Really? So that's his responsibility. No, if I as a say it's his responsibility to, to know everything. No, if me, it's a volunteer thing. He volunteered himself. He's the one that decided to campaign and run for office. So me being a veteran, I decided to walk into that building and say, I want to do my service. It was my due diligence to know my history. They made sure that I knew about my U.S. Army history. I made sure I knew my weapon. I knew how to use it and gave me the knowledge. And that's what he's supposed to do. He's been in that office for four years, and you're giving me an excuse that he didn't know? That is history of the United States to a demographic that you are president of. So I didn't say you're not going to tell me that you have I, to know I, all this shit about the country or to even get know. in the country and get your green card. Be expected to know everything. There's got to be gaps Thank in you. people's knowledge. So Nobody somebody with a green card has to know more than our president. What exactly? Not, like what? That that's, that's a logical. It's fallacy. not like this is homeboy LLC running the fucking presidency. I just don't understand. This is he, the people. This is who's in charge of our country. <laughs> Donald Trump did listen. He did listen. Right. And he did move it. Right, he knew so, that we was gonna tear that shit up. Back and, to my it, back to my but question. But you know what? What <laughs> it works that I have said. And you know what? Racist. It means it means our voices are working. Exactly. That's exactly what it means. This is a good thing. Very this true. is a good thing. This guy's learning some lessons here, and I'm telling you, if he thinks he's gonna get reelected, he's gonna have to make good moves going forward. And Biden's gonna have to shut the hell up. Oh my goodness <laughs> gracious! And yes, he Duncan, is. keep talking. I, I, what's that? <laughs> I want Biden to keep talking. Oh, God. Yep. <laughs> I just want to put tape over his mouth. Just shut the hell up and ride. This <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. Get a vice president. Get a vice president. Thanks. Let them talk for you. Bernie so dirty. He was like the perfect candidate. He was like a shining little star. He was like, he Somebody like was, was actually let willing you have to your gun. Exactly. He was from Vermont. Well, he was going to let you have that. The guy that socialize everything. That's uh, lunacy. Bernie, who has no concept of economics, whose plan he can't even come up with a price tag for that would bankrupt us with now, Chris, plus Chris, trillion dollars. I was just about to say, Chris's <laughs> comment. Ooh. Hold on one second, because he didn't say he didn't say if you if you don't vote for me you are not black enough he said if you, you don't vote for me you ain't not. black enough you you ain't black. Black. <laughs> he gave good context though he gave good context <laughs> i was like i was like oh, no uncle joe shh, get him off i guess i'm not black enough joe and no and, oh i just oh shut up joe shut up no 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 keep talking, joe. <laughs>
<laughs> there was a great comment Joe? from Brooke earlier, actually, about Uncle Joe. It, it wasn't there timely, it but right? Brooke, I got you now. I'll work it back in. She makes really good points. Yes, that, that's a good <laughs> point, Brooke, right there, <laughs> coming in on clutch <laughs> on the uh, on, with Charlemagne um, with the Breakfast Club. That was awesome. Yes, definitely Brooke, go back. Brooke is that. an avid commenter on a lot of Clovercrest media, so I'm glad to see Brooke commenting here. <laughs> Brooke, we love you. Let's let's talk about something I think maybe we can all agree on, and this is this uh, Confederate flag uh, banning now from NASCAR. Before the announcement this week, the Confederate flag has actually been disallowed at races for several years. It just wasn't being enforced. Right. Uh, Bubba Wallace, uh, the only black NASCAR driver, the only full-time NASCAR driver, uh, called the banning of the uh, called for the banning of the Confederate flag earlier this week. Uh, however, when pressed by reporters, uh, some of the other big names in the sport, including Connecticut native Joey Logano and Denny Hamlin, refused to take a hard stance on the matter, while saying they disagree that it's a racist symbol. Yep. The swastika guys is banned in Germany. Do you know this? Mm -hmm. Banned and against like I'm instant against... jail if you have a swastika. So Thumbs they up. use the Confederate flag. So the Confederate flag is literally so racist, it actually substitutes as another racist symbol. Just to give you some context behind what that flag is. Here's the other thing. Symbols have different meanings to different people. So to blanketedly yeah. say that symbol is uh. as a given meaning for a whole, for everybody, is just factually inaccurate. I'm going to let you shoot yourself in the foot on this one. You're, you're going to want to get rid of your Hindu symbol. symbol. Dude, if, I, if let me tell you something. If if the Nazis started using the Prince symbol, I'm sure Prince would have changed his friggin' name. Give me right. a break. Prince would have tore his ass off. There's a reason there's right. no kids named Adolf. <laughs> right. Right. There, the, you, there's a reason uh, nobody uses the swastika because it was bastardized from its original original meaning and transformed. And that's unfortunate. Not my fault. That's unfortunate. Not my fault. Exactly. Not my fault. It's, it's right. That sucks, that but symbol, you should no stop doubt. talking about it. It's, the swastika shouldn't be a symbol that comes back into our history as a, as a human race. It should be done. That should be it. We should know that it's a symbol of hate and know what its past was before that. I'm, I'm open to knowing that there was a past to the swastika and that there were peaceful meanings behind it. I know that. I've studied it extensively. But the swastika, ultimately, if I said swastika, first thing you think of, Hitler, of course, because that's what it's associated with. With boom, so boom, that's said, done, over with. Yeah, so for you to even defend that, that's like why? No, 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 like, no. Why are you because defending that? The Nazis were around for like 10, 15 years. There's so thousands. And they also killed six million plus people. America was around for how many years before a bunch of people came over and stole some land? Yo, look, Stanley just nailed it. Yeah, it's all just a blip in history. Participation yes. trophy. <laughs> yeah, Nirvana. Lasted longer than the Confederacy. <laughs> What's up, Stanley? Thank you. These when did are... we start supporting losers? Sure. It, it, right. This is the ultimate participation right work. Hey, right those there. guys tried really hard, and they really wanted to keep slavery. We said no, and well, it's on anyway. <laughs> Bullshit. No way. And this is no coming way. from the side that hates participation trophies. Listen, but... exactly. And I'll say this, Duncan. I'm with don't you, Don't want to give welfare, but... I don't want to see statues being destroyed, especially when people are toppling them on top of each other. Sure, like, exactly. Have them you put want in to take these things and go put them in museums and 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 go put it in Hicksville, Kentucky, and, and exactly do whatever you want. Put them I don't, all I don't want to that, walk up to uh, I don't want to walk up to the um, to my town hall and see that garbage there. 
I, was, right. I think that's more than reasonable for every citizen to not have to come across that kind of garbage. Just follow the appropriate process. Make your voices known, band together, and get it removed. We don't have to destroy everything because then we might forget, you know. They wanted to destroy they wanted to destroy us as a person when I was three fifths of a man. So nah, I'm destroying all that shit. That's wrong. That's right. You know what I'm saying? That doesn't stand for something. I you know how how horrible it is to pull up and you see Fort Hood and you know you gotta serve, you gotta go and do and serve there. Like, come on now. Like that that's nah. Get get that get that disgraceful stuff out of here. And like Joe said, if you want to put it in a whole museum with five thousand acres and you want to go ahead and have all your rallies there, your little hate rallies, go ahead, do it over there. Enjoy. But no, not in a federal building that's supposed to be for all people. That history's done, depleted. I don't want to see it. If no you want three fifths, if you want three fifths of your statue, you can have three fifths of your statue. But that's exactly. It. The, <laughs> the arguments I've heard from the conservative side that try to defend that the you know statues from not being taken down is we can't erase our history. Oh, we can't. We're trying to erase our history. Okay. But the thing is, you're not. You can't erase what's done. I mean, exactly. I, you have museums. Just reminders. Yeah, reminders. it's a reminder. You have museums where you can go see the history about this. You can see the history of the revolution, the, the Civil War, etc. cetera. Uh, I don't, like we said before, don't agree that uh, vandalism is the way to do it. Right, These that's things, my problem. They should be taken, they should, if they should be taken down because, uh, most importantly, because the Confederates lost. They lost. Right, they right. no longer have jurisdiction. They were... The statues and everything. My problem is that when we when we break down the system of doing things properly um, and we undermine the, the, the legitimate process, then we're left without um, a more, you know, we're left without a rudder, basically. So, if, I mean, you want to move into you want to melt them down, get a vote. You know, you want to put them in a, in a museum, get a vote, whatever people decide to do with them. As long as they go through a legitimate process, who's to say otherwise? Those things are representations of what was. So my mm-hmm. belief is if you are for those statues, you are for those beliefs and that representation. So with that being said, like, the, 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 there's no way about it. Like, it, it's gone. Those days are over and gone with. None of those guys are a direct reflection of you. Those no, no, none of those guys are your uncle, your great great grandfather. It has no hold to you. You weren't even around when those dudes were around. So for anybody to sit there and still hold those views and to back that up, that would be like me putting a Saddam Hussein trophy in front of my house and then expecting all Americans to be okay with it just because he had a couple good beliefs or he might have did one or two thing good things. No, you would be mad as hell if you came around and I had been. America would go crazy. If I did some yep. outlandish stuff like that. So, no, take that. They're the same terrorists and everything else. Take it out of here. People might Michael not go Chase crazy. It's really this funny is the other Obama day. Then, though. Go ahead, say. What's that, Joe? I mean, I, I mean, of course, it would it would be horrible to bring in a statue of Saddam who had never been there. But if he had been the, the ruler there previously, then there would be a different different argument to be made because it could you know you could, it could remind people of how screwed up the time period was wasn't yeah, but we don't need a statue the, wasn't our government the same government that advocated into tearing down Saddam's statues and everything in his own land? Yeah, I'm not arguing in favor. Of so, it. but that's so if we could, so who are we to tell people to take their own statues down and then also assist them in their country? But then you're like, oh well, he wasn't, he wasn't part of, he wasn't in this country, so why? No, that that's an irrelevant argument, dude. That's no, so no. irrelevant. Are you playing? Are you? Do you believe would, that? Or are you I playing would, devil's advocate? 
me i'm just playing devil's advocate oh okay i wouldn't but, I wouldn't but why but yeah but why, but why? Important. <laughs> i just think it's important does man <laughs> That's yeah. what Duncan does. I like to explore. <laughs> he makes it game. hard for us. Duncan can't. Just can't get it right. That's what I'm talking about. Bring it back. Oh, boy. <laughs> Duncan. Duncan. <sighs> pumpkin. Duncan. <laughs> There's all kinds of... Uh, Jeez. <laughs> uh, Brooke Bailey, forgive my ignorance. I, I don't know if you're saying you were literally in Iraq when that happened. If you were, hey, thanks for your service. And and I remember, yes. I, you know, when that happened, Hardcore. I turned Thank the you, TV Brooke. on. Thank my you. daughter was four years old, and I was in tears, and I was like, hey... Do you see what's happening here? We are freeing the Iraqi people from an oppressor. Yeah. Little did I know how that would turn out. But yeah. uh, in the moment, it seemed like a great thing. Yeah. Um, Brooke can correct me if I'm wrong. I believe he also served with OV, or at least that's how they got to know each other, was through uh, their service in the armed troops. So, Well, nice. and we certainly oh, appreciate thank you guys. A, another veteran here. Anybody else here a veteran, by the way? No. Nope. You know, it's crazy. I actually don't like, not that I don't like that title. I just don't like when people are like, thank you. Oh, it was better. I'm like, oh, I don't know. Because I, like I said in the chat, I didn't do that to be patriotic. I'm super not patriotic AF. Like, I'm just like, yo, I did my service. I did my time. I understood that I had a job to do. So please veterans, you know, don't, don't think that I'm going to just always be the most patriotic person. Cause I'm not, cause there was a lot wrong with the military that I saw. And yeah, if I wasn't scared to get my head blown off, we could have that discussion a whole nother time. <laughs> counting. Wow. We might have to have Brooke Bailey come on one of these days. 18 years in, huh? That's great. Ooh, thank yeah. you, Brooke. He's always having fun with us over on the Hard Hit and Wrestling Show. So, right. <laughs> wrestling, That's what I like. All right. Uh, so before we wrap things up, uh, we we do sort of need to talk about uh, COVID 19. It, it seems as though oh that again. Um, We've sort of forgotten that this thing is real. 7.5 million cases around the world, 435,000 deaths, 2.1 million cases in the U.S. We're at 117,000 deaths. Here's the crazy part, guys. Since May 30th, there have been 19,000 deaths in the United States due to COVID-19. 18 states, most of them open at this point, are seeing increases. 17 are seeing a downward trend, including New York. And 13 have remained steady. Uh, 20 states where numbers surged, including Oregon, Nevada, Wyoming, Oklahoma, Alabama, and South Carolina, all saw increases of over 50% in the last week. Uh, some of these, of course, might be due to just more testing. We do, we are starting to see more testing. Um, officials have urged people to continue to socially distance, continue to wear your masks. 80% of Americans surveyed by the CDC said that they have been in self-isolation over the last month. 74% say they're wearing their masks uh, either always or quite often in public. And 83.4% of those surveyed believe their state's mitigation strategies were either the right balance or even not restrictive enough. So you're talking about 15.7% of the population that thinks... We're communists. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, and I'll, I'll just one more thing I want to hit, really, uh, as far as this is concerned. I know you're hot about it all the time, Duncan. 25,000 businesses will close before the end of the year due to coronavirus. That's according to CoreSight Research. On top of the 100,000 businesses in New York that Cuomo said have already closed. Yep. Bad news. Yeah, it's bad. Board. This has been bad. And, it, and it's certainly... Um, there, there's going to be there's going to be lawsuits. We know this. And so far, 
outside of that one ruling in California, they've all gone against the states and they've all gone against the governors, all these rulings. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out over the next couple of months. Oh, if it's anything like that first taste, uh, this is going to be an interesting few months here. What was and I, you know, uh, the first time around with coronavirus, I'm just generalizing everything that oh, Joe okay. said. I'm not talking about what happened with Cuomo or anything like that. Um, with Corona overall, uh, it's it's no joke, people. Um, I I work in retail and I can't. I, I, it baffles me the amount of people that are still coming in, not wearing masks, crossing barriers, not standing six feet apart. Uh, it's it's very real. And I know, Rob, you don't know, my family was faced with Corona. Four of my immediate family members caught the coronavirus. Um, everyone's okay now, but it's very serious. Um, and I just, I want people to take it so seriously because uh, what happened here, I don't want it to happen to other people. And seeing these numbers go back up again, it's kind of frightening. Dr. Anthony Fauci, the top U.S. infectious disease expert, is warning uh, that we could see this kind of going in multiple waves over the next few months. And he says it'll probably be about another year before things get back to what we remember as normal, mm. which is uh, a pretty scary thought. And I think even uh-huh. more reason why I think this is a good time for the country to come together and talk because there's really yeah. not much else you should be doing. Yeah. It's super, yeah. super. Oh, go ahead. We are. You know, it's I, kind of my stance on it, um, my little background. When it first came off, ignorance. I, I was super ignorant to it. Um, and that with, with that being said, like, I wasn't too fond of the mask thing. Blah, 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 and I've learned to accept and understand that it's not just for me. It's for everybody else. Um, me, I've probably had everything thrown at me um, and every shot to known to mankind. So I feel like I'm superhuman, but it took family <laughs> members to sit there and say, Hey man, it's not just about you. And more than likely, we know that your body's going to be able to take it because you never get sick, but you know what I mean? Just for, you know what I mean? The sake of others and, you know, and my mother who I have around, you know, and my family members, my, you know what I mean? My mother-in-law, all that kind of stuff. So I have grown to, even though I might not necessarily agree with the terms because trust and believe i hated putting on a gas mask when we were in training and everything else and we had to and nothing sucks more than going two weeks consecutively consecutively having to sleep in that thing you know what i'm saying and you're just like can't breathe so to me i hate masks but at the same time if it's for the better good i understand and i'm sorry that you know what I mean? and, I, and i'm so glad your family members have gotten so much better and healthier thank with you that. um tyler and um and you I know just seeing it. that you know i had a family member um in texas that you know had a spout through it so that kind of opened up my eyes a little bit more so now hopefully even with the protests and everybody's like oh you want protesting yeah of course i went out there but then again hopefully we can start to see where not necessarily just the short term but i want to see what the government does long term because it seems like they're uh, just yeah. trying to hurry up and make everybody happy instead of somebody Band-Aid. sitting there saying, yeah. like instead of somebody saying they're saying yo we don't know we don't know. We're trying to figure this out. Can you guys give us a second? And not necessarily giving us a second, but giving us, instead of just trying to give us information to calm us, give us right information. So if it's, hey, we need to be in mass for da 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 because of X, Y, Z, it's just fading off of the hysteria, that media hysteria, Duncan, fading off that media hysteria but based off of it. So where are, you know what I mean? Where's Future? Uh, I always mess up his name. But Bobby, even him. Yeah. 
Fauci, he's been he was doing good at first and not saying because he was on a certain specific side, but he was good playing the medical role. But now if he cannot let politics get political, into yeah. political shit, get into it and stick to the med- you know, medical people, just like with the orange man, I wish he'd shut the hell up because you have no medical. You know what I'm saying? If I want to learn how to hold a business and go bankrupt, I'm coming to you. But if I want to learn how to do some medical stuff, I'm not coming to you. Shut the hell up. <laughs> hell yeah. And that's exactly what I said before, too, about yep. uh, these, co- these daily conference yeah. briefings. You know, Trump should not be giving any medical advice because he's not a doctor. And he doesn't even right. play one on TV. It's like what Rob said early on. I was like that too. And they, when they gave the executive order about the masks here in Connecticut, I mean, I wasn't too thrilled about that, but my thinking is, look, uh, if I'm going to go out and be around people, I want to be safe and I don't want to yeah. make anyone else sick. So I, I understand I'll, that perspective, but no, I'll choose to, I'll choose to wear the mask. Yeah, I mean, that's fine. I mean, executive order notwithstanding, I'll do it because I don't want people to get infected with this disease and I want to keep myself safe as well. So, right. In my opinion, the safety of the collective can never outweigh the rights of the individual. And that's the foundation of our legal justice system. So I'm completely against mandated lockdowns, mandated mask wearing, everything like that. Um, I think businesses should uh, you know, practice their own policies. Um, if, if you want to, if they want to mandate masks in their stores, that's their right to do it. But um, I don't think that without, without due process on an individual basis that the government can even pretend to claim the authority that they have invoked recently telling businesses to shut down entirely and things like that. Um, to me, that's an attack on the core principles of America and uh, like I said, I've said before, the, the, the virus could be 100 percent deadly, killing everybody that it comes in contact with. And in this country, uh, the government would not have a right to tell people to, you know, lock down still like people have the freedom to risk their own lives. But right. when... Yeah. But when does common sense and I guess morals come into play? Like just because a doc like and, it, and it's so tricky, you know what I'm saying? But like you have to for the greater good that's why we have amendments and everything else like that like things are can be changed like right, just yeah, because yeah. just because Everyone agrees we could pass an amendment i agree with that you know what i'm saying and, and that's the thing that people are literally sacrificing their moral compass just for you know what i mean what they want to do like come on now like and i was one of those guys you know what i mean oh i don't want like it's it's for the better good and and it, and it shows i always say it shows a lot of people it shows who has struggled before and who hasn't who is kind of entitled and who hasn't who has been able to make a dollar stretch in their life and who hasn't, you know what I'm saying? I I've been, I mean, there's, there's that way of looking at it, but then there's also people like uh, people who have been experienced authoritarian regimes before who are having flashbacks with the lockdowns and the takeovers and the the extreme authoritarian measures. Uh, I mean, if people have experienced this type of authoritarian behavior before, they may be less likely to submit when it comes to uh, the, the place that they fled to, to try to get away from that type of thing. Right. So it could go either way, you know, it's a learning experience. I'll but if say you make that, an amendment you know. to allow this, then I won't have an argument, you know? So just but, listen. But then we're sticking to those knows, policies. Just everybody knows if you come up with an amendment and you pass it, Duncan's on board every well, time. It, I'm at least He's on board consistent. that it's legal. It's legal. I may have a philosophical argument, but I won't have Fair. a legal argument. <laughs> I don't have that time. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, when, when do we sit there and say, okay, well, F these rules and these guidelines. You know what I mean? Not F these rules and these guidelines, think- but. 
it's time precedence with, with something like or time pertinent for that. Sure, I think sure. that over 200 years of history have shown that that type of action um, is is frowned upon by the the very nature of our government. We've had we've had other plagues and, and sicknesses, and we never had any total shutdowns like this before. I I think people should act responsibly. People should respect other people's concerns. Wear the masks when they when they're interacting with people. If you can shut down or whatever, do it. But it's it's just outside of the authority of the government to mandate it. I think Stanley hit it on the head with that. Yeah, why popped right it there. up? That's yeah, exactly. exactly. Right. Exactly. He's right. Here's the I, thing. I agree. Here's the thing, and I knew Duncan would agree. Here's the thing. In Duncan's mind, everybody should do the right thing. And then we, but and 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 Duncan, if it if it if everybody could do that, we wouldn't even have the show. We wouldn't. No, need but that's it the thing is that people have to be utopia. free to do the wrong thing. You know, people have to be free to make the bad decision. Sure. And then I, I get know, that there's punishment huh? after for violating people's rights or whatever. You know, oh, we lost Joe. He's frozen. <laughs> um, Joe, uh, no. <laughs> yeah, I just. Yeah. I, People have to be free to make bad decisions, and uh, and then they will be, have to live with the consequences of whatever those decisions are, basically. Fair enough. Is he frozen still? I can't tell. I like oh, Chaz, you know? He's yeah, sitting very still. Live free and, you know, Chaz maybe? Maybe? No? Okay. Nobody got that. Autonomous zone? Yeah. What about it? No, how you were saying, you know, to live, people should be able to live free and... You know, oh, right, right, right. <laughs> except the people who are caught up in that are being forced to be part of it against their will. And, uh, you know, there's reports from the police department that they're shaking down businesses. Wow, we've got multiple Joes. We've got two Joes. Doppelgangers. Two Joes. Who asked for the mojo? is the internet starts to become a real problem for me here today i'm going to find out who's on my internet upstairs jamming out right now just start oh firing goodness. shots through the through the ceiling i'm telling you somebody got my password on it's gotta be Listen, uh, really great conversation today. Thank you so much to uh, so many great comments. Uh, we appreciate everybody getting involved and, and sharing your thoughts. A very special thank you to Tyler Bart for coming back, for sharing your protest video uh, to Rob Dunlap. Thank you for joining our show. We look you, forward to having you in the rotation over I the next couple of weeks. I personally look forward to having both of you back. Awesome. All right. Duncan, as always. I appreciate everything, Duncan. You're the man. Uh, I, I love your willingness to talk. Michael, I mean, I think the world of you, you know, again, a guy who's always very open-minded week in and week out, and I really do That's appreciate guy. that. That's my guy. Big shout-out to uh, <laughs> Eric Farron as well and to Sam Yosafi, who'll be back next week. Yep. Uh, Victoria, Victoria Lang Victoria! also having huge internet problems for some reason today, so thank you to Victoria. Oh, no. Uh, we really uh, appreciated her point of view today as well. Make sure you check out Divided We Stand on Facebook at DWS NewsHour. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. I'm Joe McGuire for this whole crew. Catch you next time. Hey!